And thank you for joining us today. This is the Dr. Tommy Show Live. Join you live from Wesley Chapel, Florida. And we are pleased to be with you today on this auspicious day for medicine. I'm joined by Mr. Jay Ellison, who's an independent insurance advisor. Jay, how are you doing today? Great, great to be here. Thanks. And Jay is here because we have, well, Jay has done the brunt of the work, but we've been discussing or looking at the uh, repeal and replace plan that's put forward by uh, Paul Ryan and some other people. And we're going to dissect it today. And so if you haven't dissected it yet, here's your chance to uh, learn what we've learned. Dr. Tommy Show live and the podcast Ask Dr. Tommy Show is brought to you by Atlas MD. And Atlas MD is the preeminent medical software solution for membership medicine practices across the United States, including membership medicine, uh, direct primary care practices, and concierge medicine practices. Makes the patient interaction beautiful, makes you able to communicate with your patients on the fly, on the phone, uh, using uh, text messaging, using um, um, ease of ease of um, access for prescriptions, easy, easy to just diagnose and um, treat over the phone with video and also uh, uh, also with images. So if you're interested in learning more about Atlas MD, I ask you to go to askdrtommy.com and click on special offer for Atlas MD, and then you will be able to get Atlas MD for 60 days, completely free of charge, brought to you by our good friends at Atlas MD. And uh, Jay, uh, yesterday it was repeal and replace step one, I guess you call it, is they brought out their uh, their bill that they're going to send to Congress now, and then they're going to offer up amendments. And you actually did the hard work of going through this in one day. Because I asked you, I said, Jake, do you mind coming on tomorrow? You're like, sure. Well, I have to confess, I didn't read the entire bill. Well, but I, I suspect that nobody else on, on Capitol Hill reads the whole bill anyway. Right. So I think we're in good company there. Well, but, if uh, Nancy Pelosi's right, you just have to pass it to see what's in it anyway. So that's uh, That's what I heard her say, yeah. So, you know, yesterday was the first step of the repeal process. So what we do is uh, we pass a bill, then it goes to uh, the floor, and then there's all kinds of different things. But they're actually allowing amendments to this bill, which is good, because uh, back when Obamacare was passed, there was very limited amendments allowed. Yep, almost none, yeah. So what's your take? Uh, just a general overall gestalt about what, we did, what, what happened. Well, I've read... Um they're basically I've been tracking the three major proposals that are out there okay. for uh, for the repeal and replace uh, effort. The first one, that, um, the one where everyone's talking about now, is the House bill uh, that's been called uh, alternately Ryan Care and uh-huh. Trump Care, depending on who uh, who you're listening to, and um, and it's basically um, a very mild. Uh, rebranding of Obamacare basically I think is a fair way to put that so tell me what why do you say it's a rebranding versus just a like they call it a repeal and replace mm-hmm. well the thing that struck me most is it keeps almost all of the the troublesome parts of Obamacare okay um, things that are that are bothersome to you know both the consumer and both from a budget perspective and from the budget perspective it maintains the Medicaid expansion that's uh, that's a huge budget problem for the states and the federal government it keeps that out through 2020 largely unchanged. So that's a big uh, financial piece to it. Um, it shifts the requirement to keep health care, to have health insurance. So instead of making it a government mandate now where you pay a, f- a fine to the IRS, you uh, it empowers the insurance companies to fine you um, <clears throat> or to up um, kind of uptick your premium 30% if so, you have a break of three months out of 12. So the penalty is 
still a penalty. Yep, they've just shifted it to, they're basically making the health insurance companies the bad guys of enforcing and collecting it rather than having it be the IRS. So that's like that's why um, the term rebranding kind of occurred to me as I was reading through because also they've taken the subsidy and rather than calling it a subsidy, mm-hmm. now they're calling it a tax credit. So right. they've, taken, uh, they've taken a very, uh, you know, typically associated with the Democratic Party a word like subsidy and replaced it with a very typical sounding Republican word like tax right. credit. And it's it's still it's still allowing people to buy things they otherwise could not afford, thereby bypassing the market function, which says that if I go out and I start a concierge medicine practice and I have the price so high that nobody wants to buy it, yep. well then that'd be if someone came along and said, hey, well guess what? We're going to do a uh, not subsidy, but we're going to credit you, so you're you're yep. not going to pay that exorbitant fee for it. Uh, you're not going to feel the full brunt of it. So that's yep. kind of what. Yeah. subsidy is there's there's nothing in this that does anything to provide any relief for price or um affordability at large it just basically rebrands and takes out a couple of the provisions that uh, that people don't care for so it's not in any way um a full repeal no not it's, it's kind of like a it's like a, a makeover for at best 15 percent facelift be, at, at best and they're basically you're, 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 you've, they've agreed, they've ceded the entire ground of the notion of whose responsibility it is to provide health care. Uh-huh. Um, they've, they've basically agreed to the premise, and now they're just, you know, modifying the. So what Rand Paul has to say about it. You've read it. It was released yesterday. What do you like, and what do you not like about it? Well, I like the president's statement that it's up for negotiation, and I think those have begun. I spoke with the president yesterday, and I think he's open-minded on this. He wants Obamacare repealed like all conservatives do, but he realizes that conservatives have a lot of objections. The House bill that's been put forward is Obamacare light. It won't work. Premiums and prices will continue to spiral out of control. In fact, they acknowledge it in their own bill by putting an insurance company bailout, $100 billion at least in insurance company bailouts because the marketplace is still broken. They end up leaving the individual mandate. They do nothing to help the consumer join associations to bring prices down. So my replacement actually has some market reforms that would bring prices down. And people have to realize, they say, oh, well, you know, all over the liberal press, they're saying, oh, who's going to lose their insurance? They have to realize the people who have insurance can't use it now because it's too expensive on premiums, but way too expensive on deductibles. In a real marketplace, the higher your deductible, the lower your premium. We completely have broken the insurance marketplace, but I think Obamacare light doesn't fix it, and I think it's a real mistake to go for this, but the negotiation will be conservatives saying, hey, we're not going to take Obamacare light. Yeah, the other thing. So you, you also, you said you saw Paul Ryan, or uh, Rand Paul's plan. Uh, what was Rand Paul? It's funny, I agree with every single sentence he just said. So that was, uh, that's funny that I could very seldom say that by listening to a politician talk on television. That was very, that was good. Um, Rand Paul's uh, bill that he has in the Senate is um, a far more conservative and actually, I think, workable uh, solution. So what do you mean when you say it's conservative? Well, it, it, um, it's far more market-oriented. It's far more individual-oriented. It really explodes what you can do with an HSA. And, um, That's and exciting. The, the House bill does nothing for being able to sell across state lines. Okay. Nothing. Um, Which is a big thing that Trump has been talking about. Exactly. And that, to me, if you want to bring the prices down and bring market forces in to, to create lower prices and better services for your individual clients... Um, you have to sell across state lines because that'll bring the prices down, like he said. And um, his bill um, does that. 
And his bill also um, radically increases the amount of money that you can contribute to an HSA as so an individual. Tell people, what's HSA? HSA is a health savings account. And the way it is now is that um, typically through your, um, your health insurance account or uh, policy or your employer-provided health insurance policy, you can contribute a certain amount of money. For 2016, it was 3350 mm-hmm. for an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, into that, it comes off of your gross income, so it saves you in taxes, and then you can use that money to pay deductibles and a specified list of, of, of services. Mm-hmm. Under um, Senator Paul's uh, bill, that goes up to 5000 per an individual, and the list of things you can uh, use that HSA for has um, broadened to, to include um, health and fitness. Um, Perfect. And also, you know, the direct medicine, concierge and we, medicine. And when we look at this, we look at, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, HSAs are allowing you to spend money tax-free on these things. And that's supposed to be some type of great, uh, I guess you call it, like almost like saying, look, this, this great thing we're giving to you. But all we're saying is, look, we're not going to give the government part of the money that we spend on this. So the government takes money from almost every bit of the dollar that you spend. I think Tax Freedom Day generally is around May or May or April, so that's the day that uh, the average American stops paying their income to taxes, local, federal, mm-hmm. state, altogether, yeah. excise taxes. And so all we're saying is, look, here's a health savings account. Allow us to spend some money tax-free. So it is a good thing, but when you think back about it, it's like saying, hey, look, you know, I'm now allowing you to do this tax-free. Look how great I am. I think it's great. I think I think the, the problem with I have with the Ryan plan is that it's not aggressive enough. And like you said, the Paul, the Rand, Rand Paul's plan is more aggressive. It's more market-oriented. It's more state-oriented. It helps a, a state's uh, manufacturer a, 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 a plan that is useful for them. I, I agree. I mean, you can really boil it down to just the philosophy difference between the two, that the 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 you know, Trump slash Ryan care bill, if you want to have you call it that, is um, it's still government centric. It's still the government giving you a tax credit. So they're they're letting right. you use right. They're giving you money back with strings. Whereas the the Paul bill is much more um, the money is in your hands. You're saving your money, you're spending your money and saving on taxes that way. So the control lies with the individual, not with the government. And that's the philosophical difference for 99% of the things we talk about, you know, in politics anyway. So it's, there's so many great things about it. Um, I think it handles the pre-existing condition issues humanely. Well, let's um, see what Paul has to say about yeah. it. Thing is, you guys could actually work things out. I mean, that's the way it used to get done. Maybe not everybody's 100% happy, but that's okay. OMB Director uh, Mick Mulvaney, who used to be a member of the Freedom Caucus, I think he helped found it, uh, he has a different view. Listen to what he said to us earlier, Senator. Well, let's see what the opposition says. This is the Obamacare replacement plan that everybody asked for. It's the Obamacare replacement plan he promised when he ran, and we will get this through both the House and the Senate. In large part because of the efficiencies we drive into Medicaid. We give the states something that Republicans have wanted for a long time, which is we give the states more control over their own Medicaid dollars. That drives tremendous long-term savings. So not only do we think this is a way to give people health care that they can afford, it also helps our long-term debt situation. Senator, your take on that explanation? You know, I have some disagreement. What they build into Medicaid is they build in that Medicaid will expand at what's called CPI Medical. This is an inflation index, which is going up at about 4%. 
if you introduce a new Medicaid expansion, or you allow it to continue, and you allow it all to grow at 4%, that's untenable. That's our already our problem. We already have entitlements, Medicare and Medicaid, that are woefully underfunded and, are, uh, and have enormous debt attached to them. I don't think having a permanent increase, it's also going to increase if you increase people on it. So if California doubles the amount of people on Medicaid, They'll, they'll spend more money and it'll go up at 4% a year. I don't think that's a realistic way to look at the entitlement programs, but more importantly, this plan keeps the Obamacare taxes for another year, keeps the Cadillac tax forever, mm -hmm. it keeps an individual mandate, but here's the interesting thing, the, the Obamacare right. light bill says that you will pay the penalty not to the government, but to the insurance company. This is in all likelihood unconstitutional and could destroy the whole repeal plan. So you're saying so, the tax break goes to the insurance company so the tax credit will go to the insurance company that you choose and that bothers you no, this is different, not the credit. We're talking about an individual mandate that is a penalty. If you drop your insurance and then you want to buy it again, there is a penalty. Under Obamacare, you had to pay the government the penalty. Under Obamacare Light, the House Leadership Plan, you will pay the penalty to the insurance company. This is in all likelihood unconstitutional. It's the individual mandate, but you pay your penalty not to the government, to a private insurance right. company. Right. So much of their bill is a bailout for the insurance companies. Most of us are unhappy that the insurance companies have all the power. In my replacement bill, we take that power away from the insurance companies and give it to the consumer. This is Obamacare light. It will not pass. Right. Conservatives aren't going to take it. All right, well, so, yeah, what he said. Yeah, what he said. He didn't get to his part about the Ryan plan or what his plan is. I probably didn't have enough time. So what's some other things that are in Paul, uh, Rand Paul's plan? Um, uh, they said the HSA increases a huge uh, piece of it. One of the things that, I mean, and this is not sexy to talk about, but it's really interesting is that um, it allow, his plan will allow you to deduct your individual health premium from your taxes. Because right now, if you have employer coverage, you can deduct your portion of the premium from your taxes. Okay. But if you acquire it individually on your own, even through the exchange or whatever, you can't. Well, this uh, it brings Why wouldn't that they allow parity. that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it, it's it's I mean, tax it's, law. It's not supposed to make sense. Yeah, but um, I don't understand why. Because even if even if you're not trying to actually reform the law, but if you want to just bring some relief to people, that mm -hmm. would be a good way to do it. But I think anything that takes uh, perceived tax revenue out of the hands of mm -hmm. Washington is something that they're they're reflexively opposed to. Um, so you, you mentioned direct primary care and uh, concierge medicine as having a role. Here's something. Sean Hannity had uh, our good friend Josh Umber on last night. Let's hear it. Joining me now is a doctor who all members of Congress, I believe, should get to know. He founded what's called Atlas MD, Thanks. a healthcare cooperative. It's in Wichita, Kansas. That is so insurance-free. Dr. Josh Umber is with us. Branded as, well as direct primary physician, care. Dr. Ryan Newfall. Guys, welcome to the program. Uh, Dr. Umber, how long have I been talking you. to you on, on radio in particular? How many years has it been? It's been a while, right? Oh, five, six years now. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's go back. How many people do you serve in your health cooperative? How much does it cost? What are people provided? And tell us about the incredible deals you made with pharmaceutical companies. And tell us how it's been duplicated. So I'm really opening it up for you to explain what you do. Absolutely, and thanks for being the leader in um, having this conversation about real solutions that uh, could be enacted to help Americans. 
And the idea is direct primary care, which is the new model going forward where we don't take insurance because we don't need insurance for the common things. Our care is $10 a month for kids, $50 a month for most adults for unlimited visits, no co-pays, free office procedures, Do you think and up made to 95% savings on medications, labs, oh, well, imaging, etc. by going yeah. wholesale. Um, yeah. We're able to take that full value, like go back to, to an employer, <laughs> decrease Where? their insurance premium yes. from 30 to 60% right. in the first year. These are things that could dramatically change the scope of medicine in this country. Let me, let me go over some of what I know about it. So children on the plan pay $10 a month? That's correct. And, well, their parents pay, I'm sure. Uh, uh, adults pay $50 a person, We make right? some of them pay themselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Adults, right. yes, uh-huh. And, and adults pay $50 I mean, a person. What? Now, that's, that's that nothing. includes, no, correct nothing. me if I'm wrong, $10, unlimited dollars a year. Right? Unlimited uh, in as much as yes, unlimited uh, doctor unlimited visits. Care. They can go see you. They can get a Z. Let's go to the simple things. If they need stitches, they can go to the office and get stitches, correct? For free. And if they need antibiotics, they can get antibiotics. For pennies on the pill. And if they break a bone, what happens? I think they're, they're a local affiliate. There's a little bit of a delay. Well, then we could get mm -hmm. x-rays for 20 to $40, typically. And uh, that includes radiology reads. So something that could easily be over $100 anywhere yes. else. Or over 5000 or 500 to 1000 oh, the ER. Oh, we cut up all the middle man, you know? You pay a little bit extra for your MRI reading, but you pay considerably less. And the average person might have a catastrophic insurance plan on top of it you no if, God need forbid, they have a heart attack or get cancer or have a bad so accident, right? And Absolutely. And now those plans would be drastically cheaper per month, so they're more affordable, so more people would have health insurance. And actually, the insurance companies that have worked with us the longest, like Allied National out of Kansas City, actually show better profit margins there in this go. plan. So we've worked so hard a, that the insurance companies see a benefit, the employers see a benefit, but most the importantly, the patients see Everybody a Everybody benefit. benefits. Guys, thank you both. Congratulations on what Everybody you've been able to accomplish. Now, stay right there. So, I, I mean, that's kind of... What we're trying to do here is build a thing where everyone can benefit, including the insurance companies. I mean, I have nothing against insurance companies making money. I think everyone should uh, make as much money as they possibly can because that means more money for their families, more money for themselves. And then if in a true market, when people are making money, that means they're producing goods and services that are useful because people are buying them. It's only in this forced economy where, you know, you're forced to buy something that, you know, if, the, if, if iPhones were terrible, like I have an iPhone here, if iPhone was a piece of garbage, there would be no, uh, there'd be no money in the iPhones and I, Apple wouldn't be making any money. So it's only because of that. So if, if insurance companies have a good product that people buy willingly, then their profit margins will go up. This is not about trying to yeah. um, eliminate. This is kind of like trying to use force when necessary. So, you know, you can use a, a sledgehammer to drive in a nail, but that's too much. So you don't need insurance to... Uh, diagnose and treat a sore throat. Absolutely not. I could do that, you know, in five minutes. And certainly I don't need an insurance company to do that, to fund it, nor do I need all those stupid codes and uh, all the other stuff that goes along with it. So what else have you got there? You got um, Just kind of two more things, really, and then, um, and then whatever other questions you have. The, um, one of the things I also like is um, it, when they lay out the requirements for selling across state lines, um, the the controls they have in there to ensure that the companies that are doing that are doing business um i usually hate this word but fairly 
um, they're, they're, they're conducting their business correctly in all of the states. And, and they have a primary state of residence that is their home state, and then they can sell in other states. Mm-hmm. But every state has a say and can report back to the home state if they are using bad business practices in you know, state X, and they can go report back to home state and say, and they can, lo- they can lose their ability to sell in multiple states based on um, being shady in, one, in, in mm-hmm. one in one state. I like that a lot because that'll keep, while at, the, the competition is great, what I don't want to see happen is companies you know, exploit that and then you know rack up a bunch of premium of policies and then go away. Uh-huh. You know, take the money and run. Right. Um, because what we saw with um, the ACA, kind of in a different way. I don't want to. I don't want to generalize too much. And by the way, this is just my opinion, not my company's. Um, you had a lot of ACA carriers that would would um, during an open enrollment period, there would be one carrier that would get the bulk of the um, of the the new enrollments. And they would get all these new policies, and they would get all the subsidy that goes with it, uh-huh. and then they would go out of business, or they would withdraw from the state in the following policy year. So it eliminates the continuity of, of having the same co- company year year on year. Um, it creates huge turmoil, especially for families, because I have little kids, so I'm really sensitive to this. Um, your pediatrician is no longer in network when you have to change from, right. say, a Humana to a United to a Florida Blue. Mm-hmm. The, the continuity is almost impossible. Um, that's a huge point of stress and anxiety for people. And then you also people that are older that have um, a doctor that they are really dependent on, like a cardiologist or, or something, that um, if they have to change out of that because their policy changed, that's, that's just hugely stressful and completely unnecessary. And then... Um, you know what I'd like to see is if, if there was just a little bit more pressure from Donald Trump on uh, forging... Uh, a plan that is more market centric. I think he he did a good job of saying, "Look, we're going to repeal it. We're going to replace it." Uh, I feel like you know repeal should come separately. That way, you can replace it with whatever you want. Uh, you could replace it with uh, a big program. You could replace it with a lean program. And I think it should be more state centric. Um, if you repeal it and put in enough fail safe, so people aren't you know they always complain. Well, if you repeal it, then people are going to be lose their coverage and you know they're going to have all these problems and anyway that's you could build in fail safes for that but my point is is the overall plan should be kill the federal program kill it and then allow 50 separate state programs to come together or if a block of states want to get together and build a program that's similar but you know there's there's people in California probably who think that you know, it's not enough that the, the insurance only pays for uh, these things. And they may want everything paid for. They may want, uh, you know, they may want six months of uh, leave for um, for maternity versus six weeks. It may not be enough. So let them have that policy or let them, yep. if that state wants to mandate that in their state, let them do that. And then, I don't know, I just think that the, the marketplace of ideas will find the best solution. And the best solution for people in Vermont is not the best solution for people in California, which is not the best solution for people in Arizona or, or, or wherever, Louisiana. And I, I would like to see more of that, more of this federalist uh, system. But the problem with that is is you're cutting out a lot of these people who make their living on uh, managing problems. A big thing about Washington is we're managers of problems. We don't solve anything. We yep. manage them for infinity and make a very good living at managing them. And, hire, and we're a consultant and we're hired to manage, help manage this problem be like if you had cancer and they never tried to cure the cancer. They only tried to ever, you know, make sure your pain was good or, or, or make sure your pain was under control, but they never really tried to cure the cancer. And I have a feeling that's what the Ryan plan is, is uh, let's maintain this cancerous uh, growth 
uh, this federal leviathan of, of health care bureaucracy. And then uh, if you metastasize, look, it went a little bit too far, so we're going to, ch- we're going to cut your arm off. And we'll kill the cancer in your arm, but the, the, the main problem is still going. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it, 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 um, it cracks me up that one of the things that I've, I've read in several different places is they had, was it five or six um, repeal um, bills that went through the House and the Senate and were passed during the last administration. Right, exactly. So when it was completely safe and meaningless to pass a bill exactly. that 100% repealed yep. the Affordable Care Act, yep. all all of these people signed off 100% on 100% of the Republicans. And now when it comes time to actually pass something that does that... So just that, re- cleanly repeal it. It's, 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 it's crickets. Yeah. And, uh, so that tells me that the... The, the in, yeah. it's a lack of integrity and it's a lack of uh, of uh, lack of honesty of commitment to actually do what's best for your constituents when you're you're just doing show votes and you're uh, you're not really doing anything that advances. Reminds me of a movie. People. I forgot what it was. There was this guy. He's he's trying to fight this other guy, and all of his buddies are holding him back, and then they let him go. He's like, "No, hold me back, hold me back." And then he's so that's what it is. You know, when it's safe. Yeah, I'm gonna go fight the big guy, and then when it's when it, you know, or when it's not safe, or when you're safe, but when they let you go and you're free, not forget it. Yeah, well, it's easy. hold me back. It's easy to it's easy yes. to talk when there's a sheet of glass in between you yeah. and the, the, the guy. Yeah, we well, you know they almost I almost feel like I always felt this that the Republicans are happier when they're not in power because then they can always say, look, and they said this when uh, Obama was president. Look, we only have both houses of Congress. We can't we can't do anything without the president. Now they have both houses of Congress and the president. So now. Oh, we, we can't do that. And there's always this manufactured uh, weakness that they have or this manufactured fear that they have. And I think it's, I think a lot of it's got to do with the uh, permanent D.C. establishment has, you know, they, you know, similar people lined the pockets of both Democrats and Republicans. And the job of a politician is to get reelected. And the people who are helping you get reelected are, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I used to say in wrestling, you know, used to have Hulk Hogan and, and Randy Savage. And they'd be at each other's throats on screen. And then afterwards, they're all laughing it up and they're going meeting with Vince McMahon. So it's just kind of like, you know, Republicans, Democrats, you know, Harry Reid and uh, Mitch McConnell going at it. And then they're all at the country club together with their donors yeah. and just laughing it up. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the credibility of most people in D.C. is right around that of a professional wrestler back in well, the day. Exactly. So it, that's kind of funny, but sad at the same time. So, Jay, you've been an insurance business for how long now? Um, I've been in the in, uh, business for uh, almost three years now, which doesn't sound like a lot. But it's been a very uh, uh, eventful three years. We had a long career in the military. Right. That. I retired from the Army in uh, March of 2014 after 23 years all total and um, got out, came back home to Florida and uh, came into this industry. And um, it's been very it's been very interesting because it, it um, because of the ACA, it changes every year. Mm-hmm. And um, and our, our, our primary focus is um, is uh, individuals and, and small businesses because they're the ones that are most uh, directly impacted by this law. So we right. help people find uh, find ways to keep control of their care, keep as much of their money as they can, and um, kind of, you know, the, the, one of the catchphrases is, you know, stay away from the ACA mm-hmm. to the extent that you can. Um, well, the ACA, I think, is doomed. Oh, I think it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's always been on, uh, on life support, even since it was passed. Um, and I think anybody, even people that are... Uh, supporters of it would say that it was flawed uh, from the start, but um, but there's always been ways to kind of work um, on the on the margins mm-hmm. and um, and and take care of people that way. What do you think we should do then? So so if you're your person out there, you're 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 shopping for insurance. Should we wait? Should we? I mean, how, what do we do? I mean, 
Um, I've advised uh, quite a few clients of mine that um, now is a great time to to, to think creatively uh-huh. because the the tax penalty is, um, I would say, conservatively on its way out. Right. It's um, depending on who you ask. It's either gone, it's not gone, or it's on its way out. I'm gonna split the middle and say it's on the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now is a good time to um, to look at um, at alternatives. Um, you know, paradoxically, group health is less expensive than it's than it's been in in years. Uh-huh. Um, if you're a small business owner, and then I'm my personally, I like I love the alternatives. Things like um, like your service, things like um, you know, combining a service like this with um, an indemnity type plan where you get reimbursed. Or um, there's it's a great way to provide you know excellent coverage for your family or just yourself or um, a, a small group of employees. What's the what's the best way if someone wants to talk to you, get in touch with you? Um, I have um, if you search uh, Jay Ellison and My Health E Deals and it's E like you know email. Um, we have a website and I'm also on LinkedIn under Jay Ellison and uh, I'm happy to. Um, I, I we go use the term advisor instead of agent because uh-huh. I really see my first responsibility is to provide that advice, not to sell things to people. Um, so. If anybody has a question about their um, their existing situation, their um, their coverage, or what they what their options are for the future, the the primary focus of that conversation is always just advice. Mm-hmm. And then if at some point in there you decide that there's something you'd like to do, well, that's awesome. But that's not the focus of it. So, um, and that to me, that that's always a fun conversation to have. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and. Uh Thank you for reading through that, all that stuff. You have a giant stack of papers, and uh, it might be something that people are interested in. You've already done a lot of the bulk of the work. You might be able to uh, offer somebody some, uh, some of that research. So, anyway, for thank you, thank you all for listening. This is the Dr. Tommy Show Live. If you want to hear more of the Ask Dr. Tommy Show podcast, go to askdrtommy.com. If you're watching this right now and you want to hear more about Dr. Tommy Shows whenever they come up, subscribe on YouTube. And uh, until next time, bye-bye.